0: Right, short and sweet tonight, we get to jump into uh, uh, a discussion tonight on friendship, so super excited about that. Uh, we've been in a summer series on the, the Proverbs, and we like to go through books of the Bible. We've been kind of tackling the Proverbs a little differently because if we went verse by verse by verse through the Proverbs, there'd be a lot of overlap, and so what we've been doing is, is uh, tackling some, some topics throughout the, the Proverbs, and uh, man, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Uh it's, it's just some super practical stuff that you can really just sink your teeth into. And so uh, for that reason, uh, man, it's just been especially good for me and hopefully for you as well. Uh, as a church, we've been reading a proverb a day, the, the proverb that corresponds with the date on top of our own personal reading, whatever that may be for you. And uh, so hopefully that's been a, a really good practice for you. And, and hey, I would encourage you that uh, you know maybe uh, this is something you want to continue on or maybe you get to a spot in just your own personal Bible reading time where you need to spice things up a bit and so maybe that's a good practice for you Just say hey you know what for this month or the next two months or something I'm going to do a proverb a day the one that corresponds with the date and so uh, what is today's date I have no idea 21st and so we would read proverb 21 right makes sense rocket science right and so um, so you got that Uh, my wife and I have been going through a proverb a day and it's just been really it's been really good it's been some good discussion among us and and it's just been been fun for us and so I'm going to miss it, but I have left just increasingly committed to, you know, I need to spend more time in the Proverbs. I mean, just really good stuff, and kings throughout history, since this thing has been written, have been reading the Proverbs, and uh, I'm not quite a king, maybe the king of my house or something, but uh, nonetheless, I'm going to read a Proverb, and so uh, I'm going to to make that uh, a more regular practice for uh, me. So tonight, here's what we're going to do. We're going to finish out the Proverbs uh, in friendship, and... uh, we're going to tackle this book sometime in the future again um, because there's so much more we could go into, but uh, just the Lord kind of uh, shifted some direction for me this week uh, with, with where we're going to go in the next couple of weeks before college students return and things maybe start to look a little different here. And so um, we're going to end it tonight on friendship, and this is a great one to end it on. Uh, I'm, I'm real excited uh, to share uh, what God's put in my heart with you guys, and I think it'll just be super, super helpful as we uh, go through friendship. And uh, so really, as as we finish out tonight, you're going to leave this place, my prayer is, that you'll leave this place just committed to being a godly friend, committed to being a good friend. And so if anybody in Boston needs a friend, the place to be tonight is standing outside of those doors when we release at 730, like a dog outside of a butcher shop, right? I mean, that's the place to be right there because we're going to go out and we're going to be committed to it. So uh, it'll be good. Um, we're going to pray. Let's pray for Nate. Um, Nate's a guy who's close to us. He's been here through most of the, the journey of this, this, starting this church. And so uh, pray for him. He's had back issues for months and months and months and months. And they're going to start to slice into him tomorrow. And so uh, we like to joke Nate, but really pray for him. And uh, he's excited to have an answer. And uh, hopefully everything um, goes well. So we're going to pray that God will just really guide the surgeon and everything that happened. So would you join me as we pray for that? And we'll pray that God will illuminate a scripture to our hearts. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this night that we get to come. We get to worship King Jesus. We get to worship you for all that you are. And God, we we, we tonight just want to say thank you that we can do this. Thank you that we can uh, come together to fellowship, that we have been restored into right relationship with you all because of what Jesus did, not because of what we did. Um, And so God, thank you for that. Thank you. And uh, tonight as we, uh, we gather, we, we gather thinking of Nate who's not here. He's resting, getting himself ready for uh, surgery tomorrow. We just commit him into your hands. Or would you give him peace? Would you uh, just be with the surgeon as he does his work? And uh, just be all over the recovery. Um, Lord, just, just thank you. We thank you for an answer. And uh, we pray that everything would go well. And we know that you guide and direct. And so uh, we commit it in your hands. And we trust you. We trust you, Lord. And uh, God, as we look at friendship tonight... We want to thank you for just a great summer through the Proverbs. Pray that these truths would just ring true in our ears, in our hearts, in our minds, just on and on and on throughout life. And uh, tonight, as we look specifically at friendship, Lord, help us to, to really leave committed to being a good friend and choosing good friends. Um, and so we commit it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, well, before getting into the Proverbs uh, specifically tonight, I think the place that we, we need to start um, when we talk friendship is we need, to, we need to start with God, right? We need to know that God is, uh, is Trinity. He is Father, Son, and Spirit. And I know for many of us, that's really hard to wrap uh, our minds around, but let me just say it this way. In, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God says, let us make man in our image after our Likeness, and so it's it's tough to to understand. But God is one, but yet He is is three persons. Uh, So relationship, as we know it, really ultimately originates with God and relationship within Himself. God, who is eternal and from eternity past, has been in perfect relationship within Himself, needing nothing. And so when He made us, it wasn't, "Man, I'm bored. I need a friend. I need a toy. Let's make humankind." No, it was. I'm a relational being, and I want to create relational beings who, who can experience uh, all that I am and all that I have to offer in relationship. And so the scriptures say that he creates us after his image and likeness. He's relational, so we're relational, and we are relational creatures. We're made for relationships. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard it before. I've heard it time and time again. I have one specific buddy that says this often. He says, I'm a loner. He says, I don't need anybody. And I say, you're crazy. You're crazy. You were made for relationships and I could point to all kinds of things in in this this guy's life and I I I have with him and helped him through it Uh, but we are made for relationships so much so that in Genesis chapter 2 18 you know what God says he says it's not good for man to be alone it's not so he creates for man uh, a partner a helper a mate and so we need relationships now no doubt, when it comes to relationships, our thinking is just all out of whack. I mean, we, our thinking is messed up. We live in the Facebook generation, right? I mean, it, things have changed. Things are, are, are different. I, I checked my Facebook before coming here just to make sure I give you some proper information. I looked at it, and 1,100 friends, it says, I have on Facebook. And I just went to camp. I just went to camp last week and spoke for, like, 230 friends. And so I left, and I got another new 100 teenage friends, 75% of whom I will never lay eyes on again for the rest of my life. But I was thinking about it. So Facebook started, what, I don't know, 2003, 4, something. Okay, yeah, so you guys are bigger into it than me. That's good. We're going to have to talk about that afterwards. Simple. sinful. Just kidding. So, so okay, so it start, I was thinking about it. If we just keep accumulating friends until we're 100 years old, can you, our Facebook, I mean, I don't even know where they store all this information. I don't know how internet even works, but I don't know. It's floating out there somewhere that we just are accumulating all these friendships and somehow uh, Al Gore is managing that. And I don't, I don't know. It's incredible. So I was just thinking about that. 75% of these people I'll never see again or, or speak to again. And, and you know, in, in terms of titling relationships on the internet, uh, you know, I think Facebook probably has it wrong. They call it friends. Twitter calls it followers. I think that's more appropriate. These are people who can hide behind a computer screen and see what you're doing and snoop around. And I'm one of them. I'm watching you, right? I've been, I'm one of them, right? And so we, we can follow people, but we're not a friend in, in, in the relationship. It's, we're watching people, but we're, we can go through it without actually offering up care. And so Facebook's got it wrong. Twitter's got it right. There's my beef, right? But so much more than the modern social networking, uh, we've got it wrong. I mean, so often we'll say to somebody, well, I have a friend who can help you or who knows something about this, or I met this guy, he's a friend. But really, we haven't engaged in a relationship with that person in a long time. We just so loosely use this word friend. And, and, and maybe we should maybe be careful with that term and maybe use a more appropriate term like maybe it's not a friend, it's a coworker. Maybe it's not a friend, it's a family member. Maybe it's not a friend, it's a, it's a neighbor. It's not a friend, it's a classmate. It's not a friend, it's an, an acquaintance, right? And so I think it's important for us to draw some distinctions here. And, and what I want to do is let's start by just clarifying friendship. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a definition of friendship, and we'll put it up on the screen here, just a definition of friendship. And uh, this one comes from a pastor um, named Mark Driscoll, and I thought it was really good. So it says, a friend is a trustworthy peer with whom we mutually choose to lovingly live with by seeking unique access and service for God's glory and our mutual good. So you got that memorized already, right? That's good. So when you're out friend shopping, right, that's, you got to keep that on your mind. Here's what I want to do. Let's just kind of break it down piece by piece because I think what we're going to see as we get into the Proverbs that the Proverbs are really building blocks for uh, this definition. This is a, a really good, helpful definition. So first of all, a friend, as it says, is a trustworthy Peer, and so a friend is somebody that we trust. And out of eleven hundred friends on Facebook, I maybe trust, you know, one thousand and fifty, right? And so a friend is a trustworthy uh, peer. So as we as we dig through the Proverbs, we're going to see um, some really important um, um, pieces of a friendship that it, it requires trust. It requires that this person is is trustworthy. Uh, you can open up to this person. You can be your yourself with this person without having any kind of fear of your confidence being betrayed. And so they're they're trustworthy. And, and can I just say this that if you're talking with a friend and they're betraying somebody else's trust, somebody else's confidence, you gotta know that they're going to do the same thing to you too, right? And so just be mindful and and be discerning uh, of that. And, and so a friend is is trustworthy and then they're also uh, they're also a peer, right? You're going you're gonna to have relationships that these people that you're in a relationship with, they are trustworthy, but they're, they're not necessarily friends. They're not necessarily friends because they're, they're not a peer. For example, as much as a parent wants to be a friend to their child, the relationship's different. You are an authority figure. And so you should have a trustworthy uh, role with your children. However, you're, you're not a peer. And so you're not necessarily a friend. You're an authority figure. Same thing with the grandparent or an older family member, or maybe a mentor, or a spiritual leader, or a teacher. I mean, on and on and on and on we could go. These are God-given authorities. They're trustworthy, but they're not necessarily friends. They're not necessarily friends because they're not peers. So trustworthy peer with whom we mutually choose to lovingly live with. So now we've got to see, this is important, that we both choose to be in this relationship, right? I mean, some of you have people who chose you, but you never chose them. You know what I'm talking about? They, 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 they're your friend, but it's not necessarily reciprocated. And, and I would say this. Be gracious, because God brings people into your life for ministry opportunities. And so be very grace, gracious and don't shut people down. That's not what we're saying at all. But in a friendship, you mutually choose this relationship. You mutually choose to be in, in a friendship. And so friendship is different, as I said from coworkers, because you didn't choose your, your coworkers. You got placed in a cubicle beside your coworker, right? You didn't choose that necessarily. Uh, friendship's different than a classmate because you got put in there with them for a semester, and you guys might be pals, but you didn't choose it unless you choose it outside of, of class. You were born into a family, and so you didn't choose that relationship, but you may have a family member who you say, I choose to really go further to go deeper with and so you may have a brother or sister or cousin or or someone that you are friends with but just because they're a family member doesn't mean they're a friend the definition continues by seeking unique access and service and so you've chosen to be in it they're a peer they're trustworthy and now with your friend you have unique access that not all people have right you get that that's that's, that's an important piece of this. Ladies, uh, a friend is, is somebody who has unique access to you. They know what you look like without your makeup on. And not everybody else has that liberty, right? But uh, a friend does. A friend is a person who can stop by at any time. They can, they can call you at any time. They have access to you that not all people have. You have people that are acquaintances, people that you like, but they might not have your number, right? And, and so a friend is a person who has special access to you. And, and let me just say this. These lines are very good to have. It's good to have people that don't have access all the time and people that do have access all the time. If you're married, you get that. If you're not married, I promise you, you're going to get that or you better get it. Your marriage is going to fall apart, right? There are people who can stop by at any time, and there are other people that, hey, you should have called, or, hey, let's make a date, like, let's make a plan, let's be responsible, right, and let's not be 45 years old and acting like we're 16 years old, right, there, these lines are important, very, very important, so if all of your Facebook friends had open access to you at any given time, they could stop by at any given time, it's going to destroy your marriage, it's going to destroy your family, you're going to be up late every single night, and you're not going to have a job, right? And so we have to learn to um, have lines. And so a friend is a person who has special access to you. And so a friend is going to be a person who from time to time, obviously not every night, but from time to time will stop by at 11 p.m. at night with tears in her eyes or tears in his eyes. And you're about to go to bed. You have work the next morning, but they're a friend. And so you sacrifice for your friend and you stay up late to be with your friend in their time of need there's going to be occasions where a friend stops by and you're just sitting down with the family to have a meal but a friend is hurting or something's going on and you can say hey come have have the meal with us they're a friend they have special unique access uh with you and uh, most everybody else let's make a date but friends have unique access and then it goes on and they have unique service um unique service so these are people that we have a need they're there whether it be emotional or physical um, they're there for you or spiritual they're there for you they they uniquely serve you and you're uniquely committed to to serving them I remember when I was um, I had a house out in Worcester area and we needed to finish the bonus room above the garage and I was you know, trying to crunch some numbers to figure out how much is it going to pay because I'm not a very handy guy. And so how much is, am I going to have to pay to, to finish this thing? And a bunch of my buddies said, are you crazy? And they threw a drywall party, right? And we started hanging drywall and talked about everything and things you would not want to hear. And, and so we had a party, right? Those are our friends, unique service. Not everybody's going to show up to some random guy's house that's their friend on Facebook and hang drywall. But friends will. They uniquely serve you. They're people who are... Who are there for you. They're they're there for you. And they make a way for you. When it's tough for them, if they're a real friend, they're gonna make a way. They're gonna sacrifice a little bit. Because as we talked about a few months ago, love demands sacrifice. I mean that's true love. If you really love somebody, you sacrifice. That's why in John fifteen, thirteen, uh Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends, that he would sacrifice. And this statement is so beautiful because it's twofold. First of all, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the ultimate friend and I'm going to lay down my life for you. And so it's a prophetic statement. And then it's also uh, Jesus teaching on friendship, that if you're going to be a friend, you've got to sacrifice. That's, that's a friend, I'm not just an acquaintance, uh, but a friend will sacrifice for you. And so we need to hear this because I think the danger for many of us is that we can just be purely consumers in our relationship and suck and suck and suck and we're just leeches in relationships but we're not giving back we need to not be only consumers but we need to be contributors and um, if you're single in the room and I know we have many single people in the room it's a good time to start practicing that now on your friendship relationships because that will serve your marriage well in the future is that I'm not just going to be a consumer but I'm going to be a, a contributor and so Christians our, our love and our service um, towards each other should really be shocking to the rest of the world. It should be unique. It shouldn't just be standard friendship. It should be unique. That's why in, in John chapter 17, and Jesus is, it's called his high priestly prayer, it's, it's more or less his, his dying wishes, what, what he's praying before he goes to the cross. And, and as he's praying in John chapter 17, he says something just really, really cool. And uh, I want to read it to you. In John chapter 17, um, he says this, in verses 21 through 23. He says, I do not ask for these only, but for those who also believe in me through their word. Now listen to this. I pray this for his disciples, for us, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, now catch this, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as, you, even as you loved me. And so here's what Jesus is saying. He's praying, God, I pray for unity among Christians. I pray for a unique sacrificial relationship among Christians. I pray that their, their friendship should just to the world, just wow the world, it should be shocking to the world. It should stun the world. And he says, I pray these things that they would be one similar, he says, to the Trinity, like I am in you and you are in me. I pray that they would be one as well. And he says, I pray these things so that the world may believe. And so our unity is one of our greatest testimonies to the world. The world should look at our unity and say, that Jesus has to be real. How do you explain the sacrificial love among these people, among these Friends, It's an incredible thing, and so I say this again so that we as Christians will know that we're not just consumers, but we're contributors, and our friendships need to uh, display that. One final piece of the definition says this, for God's glory and our mutual mutual good. And so our relationships, friendships, are for God's glory. And so if a friend is causing you to do something that is not glorifying to the Lord, then they're not a friend. They're, they're, they're not a friend because a friend doesn't cause you to dishonor God. I don't, I don't care how much of the rest of the definition they, they meet. If they're drawing you away from the Lord, they're not a friend because it's not good for you. It's dangerous for you. It's not a friend. And so if it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend who's, who's causing you or challenging you or pleading with you to dishonor God sexually, they, they're not a God-honoring relationship. It's not... It's not a friend, not a friend. And we need to know that. Friendships are for God's glory, and as a result, we live to glorify God. It's also for our mutual, our mutual good. And so that's a good working definition of friendship, and it's important for us to have this because the truth is we have a lot of relationships. That we say friend, 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 all over Facebook, all over the Internet, friend, 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 and they're not. And so I want to make sure we, we know that. And it's important to have this, this definition so that we don't set ourselves up for disappointment. We, we hold people to friend status when they never entered into a friend relationship. And it's not an overnight thing. It's not check yes or no, will you be my friend. It's something that happens over time, but you need to discern what are, what are my friends and, and, and what relationships are not friends. So let's get into the Proverbs. We'll flesh this out uh, a little bit more. Um, and so if you want to go ahead and open up to the Proverbs, we'll get your, your thumb work out tonight and we'll flip around a bit. Um let's be careful as we're going through the Proverbs not to purely use um, this study to point fingers at our friends and say, bad friend, they're not so hot, they're not doing well, they're not doing well. But to point fingers at ourselves and say, how can I be a better friend? Because I'm, I'm a Christian and I want to be a contributor. So not just looking for good friends, but we're looking to be good friends. And uh, both of these are super important. And let me just say one more thing before we get into it, is that... The Proverbs, as we prologued, looked at the prologue of the Proverbs, talks about how the Proverbs have this language from a father to a son, and a couple times a father and a mother to their children. And so I just want to say this, that it's super important for all of us to be mindful that when we have kids, or if you have kids, to be teaching them not just how to love the Lord and how to live for the Lord, but also how to choose friendships. I, I kind of had the privilege to to talk to teens around the, the the east coast and specifically new england and one thing that i i always see is if you see their friends you know what they're going to be you you see a friend and you know what they're like and so we need to help children learn how to pick friends and how to be a friend you might raise a kid who loves the lord but has bad friends and we see that often right because a lot of times christian children grow up and they're contributors and they're They're givers, and they're selfless, and they're sacrificial, Uh, but you've seen it. Because they have all these attributes, the great, sweet Christian girl starts to date this loser boyfriend because she has these attributes and thinks she can fix him, and she can care for him, and she can save him. And so we need to be very careful in teaching children how to choose friends. And so here's what we're going to do very simply as we go into the Proverbs. Uh, We're going to look at good friends, bad friends. Real simple. Good friend, bad friend. And so let's, let's jump right in. Good friend, bad friend. Let's start with Proverbs 13.20. Proverbs 13.20. And this is what Ryan read earlier. Proverbs 13.20, here's what it says. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffer harms. So here you see you have... We can surround ourselves with good relationships, wise companions, or we can surround ourselves in bad relationships, foolish companions. And guess what? If you walk with the wise, you become wise. And if you walk with the fool, well, it says you're going to suffer for it. Eventually, you're going to suffer and their foolishness is going to hurt you. And so we sift now through good friendships and bad friendships. Here's, here's what we're going to do. We'll start with the bad friend because I want to end on a positive note. So let's start with, uh, let's start with bad friend. First bad friend we see in the Proverbs is the consumeristic friend. We see the consumeristic friend. Um, Check out with me uh, Proverb uh, 19.4. Proverb 19.4. Here's what it says. It says, wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. So maybe you've seen this this play out to be true before. If you've got wealth, people surround you. People are looking for a handout. They want to be with you. Um, But we're we're not even simply talking about monetary wealth here. We're talking about wealth as when we talked about wealth throughout the whole Proverbs, is that wealth is not just an abundance of money, but wealth is also an abundance of time, of giftings, of resources. And so whatever your wealth may be, uh, the temptation is that somebody will come alongside of you as a consumeristic friend, and they're targeting you for that specific wealth. Maybe it's your time, maybe it's your stuff, maybe it's your talent and so often if we're not cautious and discerning in this we can be used by by friendships because of what we have to offer i have a friend that has a big red truck and uh, he confided in me and said said josh uh, it's funny how it's funny how people come around when they need my truck <laughs> you know he's like they don't even they don't even call and just say hey man just point blank can i use your truck i know we haven't talked and they, they come around for a couple of days and hang out and check up on my family. And then quickly, hey, I'm moving. Can I use your truck? Or, I, I, you know, I've got to pick up a load of wood. Can I use your truck? And he says it's funny how they, they do this. And see, this guy is super, super generous, but he had to start becoming discerning with what he has to offer with his wealth. Listen to Proverbs 19.6. It says this, uh, many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts so true right many people like the generous man uh, and it is God honoring to be generous however uh, we can be used and we can be abused and remember if you're on the other end we're a Christian we are to be contributors and so not to simply be a user in a relationship but make it reciprocal and give and so you see here uh, the friend who is a consumeristic friend just wants to take wants to take don't be that friend And be cautious with those friends. Be discerning with those friends. Here's the next kind of friend we see in the proverb. Uh, This is a a chatty friend. A chatty friend. Uh, Listen to this one. Proverbs 16, 28. It says, a dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. And so maybe you've seen this. You've had some friends in your life who man they want to know everything tell me the story tell me everything that happened and then what happened and then what happened they just want all the the juicy details and somehow it gets out right and somehow other people start to hear and they know everything that you've been going through because you confided it in the chatty friend and so be very very discerning uh, there may be people who are desiring to hear your hurts and, and, and make it come across as though they're, they're hearing this in confidence, but they're turning around and, and they're sharing it. And, and oftentimes, not intentionally, they hear it saying, I want to, I just want to be the friend. But then when they're in another relationship, when they're in an, another conversation, there's something about knowing something. There's something about, oh, I have some more information. And they didn't intend to betray you, but they find themselves saying things that they shouldn't say, and they spread strife, and they are uh, a whisperer. And so be careful to people who want to hear but don't seem to want to help. We need people who can hear and help and not purely hear. Some people want to hear but don't really want to offer counsel. And so let me warn you um, about that. If they're also, again, if they're gossiping to you about somebody, they're gossiping about you to somebody else. And so be very careful. Be very careful. And what will happen is quarrels will start to arise, and issues will start to arise, and divisions will start to arise when people are uh, betraying confidence and whispering behind each other's backs. And so be very, very careful there. Chatty friend. Here's another one. Confrontational friend. The confrontational friend. Now this is the friend who always seems to be confronting you, always wants to confront you. Now, can I just say this? You've heard me preach this a million times, but I'm the biggest advocate of Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Time and time again, I've said to you, people will confront you and they should confront you. Galatians 6.1, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should seek to restore him, right? And so confrontation is necessary, but it's not necessarily a daily thing. And maybe you've been in that relationship where super Christian wants to confront you about every single little thing you've ever done wrong and it's just killing you it's just draining you and it's not done out of love it's not done out of restoration and there is a friend like that the confrontational friend listen to proverbs 17:9 here's what it says whoever covers an offense seeks love but he who repeats a matter separates close friends and so there is an occasion according to the proverbs to cover an offense and we are not going to be the kind of church that takes sin when it happens and just sweeps it under the rug, but there are occasions where we are to cover an offense and we are to seek love. And, 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 and when you're doing this, what you're doing is is, is is you're not being the person who points that same sin out over and over and over and over again, but you brought it to light and you care for them and you love them through it and you want to bring them to a place of restoration and you're learning that maybe nagging them about it is not going to do it. And there's another way that God is wanting to use you to, to help them out of the sin that they are caught in, Galatians 6.1. Not caught as in busted, red-handed, but caught as in a lamb in the thicket. You're caught. You're, you're, you're trapped. A guy I know uh, told me about one of the most incredible things his father ever did. His, he, he grew up in a super conservative home. And his dad was just uh, the law man. I mean, he was on these kids. And this particular kid, it, it really drove him to do some things that were just not good. Uh, involved in drugs and alcohol and, and just a mess. And so he, he, he had his father on him about these things time and time again. But you know what really, the time when things changed, was, was the day he said he came home late, late at night. And his dad was waiting at the door. And he came stumbling in, just completely wasted. And his dad didn't say a word, but he covered the offense. He sat on the edge of the bed and cared for his son while he was throwing up. And, and, and see, that's what it looks like to, to cover an offense. It's not, we don't need to point it out every single time. Sometimes we just need to be there with him. And, and just be there, and be in it with him. And understand that people have bad days. People make mistakes. We are sinful. We mess up. This weekend, as I told you, was a long, long weekend with my children. And um, we were in Vermont. We were sleeping in a different place. You know, so learning to sleep in a different place takes a few nights. And we only had two nights, so it wasn't going to really happen. And, and so we were up there with, with the kids, and, and we were dragging them all over the countryside. We went up the gondola to the top of Stowe, Mount Mansfield. We, we were hiking all over the place, just doing all kinds of fun, exciting things. Went to a farm. And, and played with animals, all kinds of cool stuff. But it all kind of culminated last night at the wedding reception. These kids, the naps were not on schedule. Things were just crazy. They were exhausted. And my little one, little boy, Luca, is just gets to the point he's just moaning. Just oh, oh. oh. And then he just got to the point where he was just completely just, he couldn't obey. <laughs> he was just a mess. And I tried to tell him to do something. And here's what he didn't need. He didn't need me to exegete Exodus 2012 to him and say, honor thy father and mother. He needed me to put him to bed, right? And in and, and your relationships, you don't need to always be the one who, hears the sin, here's the sin, here's what's happening. But in, maybe in this moment, God is saying we cover it with love and we need to be gracious and we just need to go through it with the person and help them to the next step. And so the confrontational friend is a friend that you maybe want to look out for and you certainly don't want to be. Here's the next one. A little more fun. Maybe not so much. Next one is cage fight friend. You don't want the cage fight friend. You really don't. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. I don't know if you have this kind of relationship. I'm sure some of you do. But if you're hanging out with a guy that always seems to blow up on somebody and now you're in danger because that person is picking a fight, maybe you need to find another friend. Ladies, if you're hanging out with the, the girl who is super quarrelsome, and, and you're always finding yourself trying to cover up for her, and no, no, she didn't mean to say that. She was, she, yeah, it was just not, it, you don't need that friend. Maybe you need to, you need to move on. That, that friend's not helping you. That friend is bringing you into dangerous situations, right? And, and, and maybe you find yourself, I'm the only person who can really understand why they are the way they are and what we need to do is think back to the definition and really start to differentiate between okay some of our friends are godly friendships and there are relationships that maybe god's brought into our lives as ministry and so maybe this is more of a ministry relationship but not the support relationship that's not the person you want to call up when you're going through a tragedy right when you're going through a crisis because they might get ticked at you for something right and so be very very careful about that cage fight friend they're they're going to get you into a snare as they're being angry and wrathful towards other people and so look out for these these people and 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 they're not the ones to be in your inner circle here's another one clingy friend you know what i'm talking about some of you have clingy friend you know exactly who this person is this person writes 50 comments on your facebook wall every day this person texts you and then they email you and then they follow it up with a phone call five minutes later to say why haven't you answered my text or my email right you have clingy friend and they are just all over you and you need to look out because they are draining you uh, and it's not good right and, and and so with the clingy friend we get two of probably the most comical proverbs in the book I love these and so here's here's my little stand-up comedy act from uh, Proverbs 25, 17. Here's what he says. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have a fill of you and hate you. So I love this. This is, this is, this is good, right? Real friends do have an open door policy, as we said. They, they are people who, who can call you at any time, who can stop by at any time. But be very careful not to uh, wear out your you're welcome, right? You have that friend that just has to, they have to check in with you all the time. Where are you at? What are you doing? What's going on? Hey, tell me about this. What, 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 what are you doing later on? And they're just all over you. And you need to, you need to look out for the, the, the clingy friend that's all over you, lest you're going to hate that person, as it says. It's just too, too much. And probably what's going on is they're using you to fill some serious relational gaps that only God can fill here's another really funny one proverbs twenty-seven fourteen says this whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as a cursing love that that's good so maybe you have a friend who blesses you it says with a loud voice early in the morning when i was reading this uh, uh in the car to my wife today she says that's you josh Wake up! I'm an early, early morning person. I'm like, let's go, baby. Let's do this. We got a day to conquer. She's like, please shut up, right? And I, I'm the loud voice guy in the morning. But no, it, it's the friend that says, "What's going on early in the morning? Let's let's get at it. What are you up to? Can we hang out today?" And they're just all over you. They're the the clingy friend, and it says this blessed person is actually a curse. They want to do everything together, right? And they're making you their messiah and You don't want that friend all over you. It's just over the top. It's just too much. The clingy friend. Here's another one. Uh, This is the, the can't count on him friend. This is the friend you cannot count on this person, yet they call themselves your friend. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 19 says this, trusting in a treacherous man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot that slips. And so this is that unreliable friend that you really just can't trust in. They never follow through under their commitments. They're, they're constantly not showing up, leaving you hanging. Uh, they don't call. They don't show up. They're just a person that you just can't trust. It says they're like, like the person who, when you need to step there, they just slip and they let you, they let you fall. And, and so for us, we need to say, how am I like that? How should I, or how can I be more dependable? How can I be more reliable. Remember, we carry the name of Christ. And so when you say, I'm a Christian, a Christian, and you bail on somebody, you don't call, you don't act respectably or reliably. You're communicating to people that, that Jesus isn't reliable. And so we need to be uh, a person who can be counted on. James chapter five twelve says, let your yes be yes. You say you're going to do something, we better do it. We better do it. Um, or if not, if something comes up, Call and not two minutes before, right? Be a reliable friend. Don't be a treacherous man in a time of trouble. A person needs you. You're their friend. They think they can call on you, and you're just a toothache to them, right? Don't be that person. Uh, Don't be so prideful also to constantly think that what you have going on is more important than what they have going on. So, well, they they would understand. They really knew what I was going through. No. Be reliable. Be reliable. Here's the next one. Last bad friend, we'll get into some good friends. The chipper friend. You know what I'm talking about? The chipper friend. Check this out Proverbs 25:20. 20. It says, Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day, like vinegar on soda. And so this friend is, they're always chipper. They're always happy. They're always smiling. Always. And they're, a lot of times their emotion does not fit the occasion there's it's just not appropriate it's the friend that is just they don't realize it. they're trying to be happy all the time but they're just flat out insensitive and and maybe you know these people you're having a a a bad day and they're singing songs the proverb says and 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 this is just not the kind of friend uh that you need to be or we need to have when we're having a, a a rough day just over the the top maybe they're the christian who, as soon as you present your problem, they they are quick to say, "Well, the Bible says this." Boom, 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 boom. Rather than doing what Jesus did, right? Remember Jesus when when Lazarus had passed with Martha and Mary. What did he do? He said, "Watch this. You know, don't don't cry. Wipe your tears. Watch this. Get up." No. What did he do? He entered into it with them, and he cried with them for a little while. Jesus wept. Right. Shortest verse in the Bible. We love that one. Good trivia. It's beautiful. Jesus entered into pain and suffering with people, and so be very, very careful not to be over the top coffee cup Bible verse to people all the time for every occasion. But slow down, enter into the pain, and give counsel from the Scripture when appropriate. And that's very, very important for us, and um, and, and, and we need to um, we need to be that kind of friend. It goes on. It says, like vinegar on soda. I thought we'd do a science experiment in here, but I figured maybe we shouldn't because I think you know exactly the kind of person I'm talking about, right? And, and so no need to do a, a science experiment. But this is the kind of person that you just want to wring their neck and say, I'm about to blow up right now. Please be sensitive. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Calm down, right? And, and, and so we need to be very cautious not to be this kind of friend. See, life hurts Life is tough. We get cancer diagnoses all the time. There's death among us, all the time. We're still a tiny little church, and we're still hearing about it. Job loss we're facing all the time. Breakup all the time. Depression all the time. Spiritual failures all the time. And you just need a friend. And, and Proverbs chapter twelve fifteen calls us as friends to rejoice with those who rejoice, and we with those who weep. And so they're crying, be like Jesus and cry with them. They're rejoicing, be like Jesus and rejoice with them. Rejoice with them. And, and 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 be very, very careful to do this. Sometimes we we have the right thing to say, but we just say it at the wrong time. We need to be very mindful of that. And so there's some bad friends from the Proverbs. Don't be that friend. Now we get into the good friend and uh there's going to be a lot fewer of, of the good friend because we've covered some of the bad friends and a lot of the bad friends, you just know what you need to be instead. And so just a few of the good friend. Here, here's, here's the first one, a consistent friend. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times. And so your strongest friendships, you, you can reflect in your own life, have been those friendships that have been tested by fire. They're not only your friend when you're able to go to a game together, but they're your friend when someone in your family has passed away. Uh, You're you're in a difficulty. They're there. Those are the strong friendships. They love you. They're with you, by your side at all times. True friends hang in during adversity. Here's another one, Proverbs 18, 24. I call this the Facebook verse, by the way. Uh, Here's the Facebook verse. A man of many companions, many friends, right? A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so when you're old and you're gray, and maybe you only have a couple of friends that remain. You had all these friends. You thought all these people, but as your life and your relationships have been tested by fire, maybe there's only a few that remain. But I'm telling you, if you get old and gray and you have a few close friends, you're blessed. You have a lot of friends right now you think they're all there for. You're going to find out that they're not, so just know that. Just know that our faith is not in people. Our faith is in the Lord. People will let you down. They're going to fall by the wayside. God never will. He is the friend. Prophetically, this is saying that sticks closer than a brother. And then there are friends who stick closer uh, than a brother. Here's the next one. A counseling friend. Counseling friend. Proverbs 27.9. Here's what it says. It says, oil and perfume make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend come from his earnest counsel. So one of the best things a friend can give you, oil and perfume, they're costly, they're expensive. One of the best things, though, that a friend can give you is counsel. They can sit with you in the tough times. They can work through difficulties with you. More than a, a, a tennis partner, more than a shopping buddy, you need a person who's willing to sit with you and, and, and counsel you. See, so they're not just there when it's fun, reciprocated back to them went oh man this is work for me what am i going to say how am i going to do this i got to strategize i got to open up my bible and figure out how do i answer this question they're i mean they're hurting right now they're they're if we're the body of christ and 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 they're the ankle and they're limping they got to put the weight somewhere else and so they're putting the weight on me how am i going to help them in this and so you dig through the scriptures and you don't give them my opinion but you say here's god's opinion and you walk them through it that's that's a friend a, a counseling, a counseling friend. And uh, it goes on, Proverbs uh, 27, 17 says this, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And so what you're going to find throughout life is sometimes you're going to be do, doing, the, doing the counseling, and then other times they're going to be counseling you. And ching, ching, you're going to be sharpening each other throughout the course of your life. And so I'd say this, in our relationships, let's be very mindful of moving into increasingly deepening relationships where our conversations go beyond Red Sox, go beyond the Patriots, go beyond the economy, go beyond girls, I'm trying to think of something feminine, the Bachelorette, right? Going beyond that. (laughs) And and they're going deep, right? And and, and so that's what we're striving for, counseling in our friendships. Here's Here's the last one of the good friend, a candid friend, a candid friend. We've already talked about the confrontational friend and you don't want to be the confrontational friend that's always looking to point out the negative. But there are times, biblically, there are times where you need to practice Galatians 6.1. You've got to be straight up with a friend. and You've got, you got to be candid. Listen to Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of the enemy. You ever been wounded by a friend? Man, they said something and it hurt. And most often you don't say, Yeah, you're right immediately, do you? But a week, a month goes by and you're like, Wow, they were right. And what they said hurt. But they're a friend. And so when you have those confrontations come your way and somebody's real frank and candid with you and just just burns you, I think the first question we gotta ask is, are they a friend? Have they shown friendship towards me? And if so, they're probably doing it because they care about me. If so, they're doing it because they love me. And it says, listen, profuse are the kisses of the enemy. You've got a friend who's constantly flattering you, and everything's good, and everything's beautiful, and you're awesome, and you're awesome, and you're awesome. We need to get over ourselves. We're not all that awesome. <laughs> we do have issues, and a real friend wants to help us work through them so if your friend's constantly kissing you, who in the Bible kisses somebody? Judas kisses Jesus, doesn't he? wasn't a friend. He sold him out. And so we need friends who not just kiss us, but also friends who will, will wound us. But they're good wounds. It's like a surgeon in the scaffold. It, it hurts. It hurts. But it's only for your good. It, it's going to bring about healing and health and so we need these kind of friends and we need to be these kind of friends for other people so let me close by asking you some questions let me close by asking you this do you have these kind of friends in your life do you have these kind of good friends in your life and if not what steps do you need to take to get these kind of friends into your life let's not just say i want those And hopefully God will bring them. Sometimes you need to be the answer to your own prayer. You need to go find them. And so maybe you need to start to open yourself up a little bit and start to talk to people. Maybe you say, I'm not real good. I'm kind of introverted. Well, step up and do it and and watch what God does. And you talk to people maybe you normally wouldn't talk to. Um, We want to create a culture here for you where you can come early and hang out. You can stay late and hang out. That's a, a big part of why we moved to this building over the other one right? And so, invest in, in that. Help us make that culture happen. Um, initiate occasions where you can get together with each other. Let's go hang out. Let's go grab some coffee. Let's go grab some ice cream. Another thing you could do is plug into a connection group. I really believe that we should all be plugging in midweek and really going deeper. I mean, if you look at the, the, the book of Acts, chapter 2, they were devoted daily. And we can barely swing one day a week for a couple hours. It's not biblical we're not living out the bible we need to make some sacrifices to be in these kind of relationships if we want to be biblical christians if we want to be a biblical church plug in serve each other another thing we can do is say Man, i want to plug in i want to serve in this church how can i serve and as you're serving you're serving alongside of other people relationships start to be formed and so what are the steps that you need to take to develop these kinds of relationships? And then the, the, the biggest question, I think, that we all need to, to ask is this. Is Jesus his kind of friend for you? If we look back to that definition, can you bring that definition back up on the screen? I want to look back at this, this definition of a friend here. And I want you to see that, that Jesus really meets this definition. Jesus really meets this definition. A friend, a trustworthy peer. See, Jesus is trustworthy. He's, he's a peer, not in that he's just one of the guys, but that he walked our shoes. He lived what we lived. He's been where we've been, with whom we mutually choose to live in relationship. We choose him. He chooses us. We say, yes, I want this relationship. Seeking unique access. God, you're mine. I'm yours for service for God's glory and, and, and service for God's glory and our mutual good. Do you have that kind of relationship with Jesus? Is he your friend? You're unfaithful. You're not a great friend to him all the time, but he wants that with you. He wants to give you friendship. Let me read to you John 15. Listen to John 15, verses 13 and 14. It says, greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you. Isn't that incredible that Jesus says, you are my friends? We're not simply a friend of God. We're a child of God. We're worshipers of God. We're servants of God. But let's not deny the fact that he says, I want to be your friend. Do you look to him in this kind of relationship and say, Jesus, I want to be committed to you. You're committed to me. I want to serve you. You've served me to the ultimate. I want to be a friend to you because you are a friend to me. I want to follow you with everything that I have. And so I I would just encourage you. He says, here I am. I'm reaching out my hand to you. And. And take it and, and receive what he's offered you. Let me pray. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the opportunity to be in a community. And Lord, I pray that we would be a group of people who deeply love each other so that the world may believe that you are real. that You were sent, Lord Jesus, from God the Father. You are Lord. And so for that to happen, Lord, we need to be good friends. And so help us, Lord, show us the areas where we're weak, that we might be good friends. And we need to seek out good friendships. Lord, help us, Lord, to take the steps, the initiative, to to really enter into a relationship that is meaningful with your people. And Lord, more than anything, God, may we be in a relationship with you. Thank you that you have made the way for that to happen. So God, we... We we ask that you would help us to be a people who love you more than anything. That we don't have to be clingy friends because we've got you. You are our, our best friend. You are everything to us, Lord. May that be true of us. God, if there's anybody in this room who doesn't know you, has not received you, trusting in what you've done on the cross and resurrecting back to life, trusting that you have defeated Satan, sin and death for them, Lord, may they do that now. May they call out to Jesus and say, I want you. I want to follow you with all of my heart. I commit them to you, Lord. Thank you for our time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.